What's up, you guys? I'm going to share with you Abraham Lincoln's favorite poem, Oh, Why Should the Spirit of Mortal Be Proud by William Knox. I'm going to share with you how I discovered it, what it meant to Lincoln, where he learned about it, um, its connection to his first love, and when it was delivered, the only time it was delivered, which was in, in a public way, in his eulogy at President Zachary Taylor's um, death. Now, he didn't actually give it at the funeral. He gave it at the Chicago City Hall um, to several uh, supporters in 1850, July 25th of 1850. And I'm going to share with you how I learned about this, this amazing poem um, and where he gave it and what it meant to him and just basically cover why it's so awesome. I was reading, so how did I discover it? I was just randomly reading. I was sort of cleaning out um, some of my books and I came across something I really like. It's Abe Lincoln, Speeches and Writings, 1832 to 1858. I'll post link to it in the show notes, um, but essentially includes all of Lincoln's early speeches. And I came across this eulogy that he gave at Zachary Taylor's, President Zachary Taylor's death, um, commemorating our 11th president of the United States. And I thought, wow, this looks really interesting. And I was going to do a separate podcast just on the eulogy itself, I mean, which I'm going to do. But it really, the poem at the end, Oh, Why Should the Spirit of Mortal Be Proud, really struck me. And so I wanted to sort of dive deeper into that because to me, that, gosh, it's just, it's, it's really amazing. It's really powerful. So I'm going to share with you, I'm going to read the actual entire poem itself later on towards the end, include a little bit of the, his preceding paragraphs as recorded in the speech, and then give you a little bit in terms of like why this, why this poem is so awesome and just how cool it was that we have this, this speech given in, in for, for, to commemorate Zachary Taylor, our 11th president. And we'll do a separate podcast on that. It, it's going to be really good. You know, Zachary Taylor was uh, in the Mexican-American War. He only served for about a year and four months as president. Um, U.S. Grant served under Zachary Taylor and strongly influenced um, Grant's leadership style. So we're going to have a separate podcast on this. But this poem really just jumped off the page at me. And I'm so grateful that we have this now because it was almost lost to history. A little bit of background on the poem, at least as it's perceived to us um, through various sources, the poem was essentially lost, um, or the, the speech, the eulogy was essentially lost for about 50 years, um, and no one really knew that it existed. I think it was randomly discovered by accident by uh, Honorable Edward Baker, apparently a judge in, in Illinois. And there was an article that he shared that with a fellow a Lincoln aficionado, a Reverend William Barton in Chicago. And they wrote a little article on this particular address that was lost and then were able to recover the entire speech as it was reported in the newspaper, including this wonderful poem that was uh, made or, or included at the end of this speech. And it's so classic, Lincoln. The whole thing is just poetical, beautiful, powerful. Um, you know, just so, it's so amazed that he was able to do this on such short notice. And so we have this speech that was given um, in July of 1850. Lincoln was in Chicago um, doing a patent trial. 
And in the middle of this patent trial, um, he's asked to give a eulogy of the recently departed Zachary Taylor, who died quite suddenly. Um, you know, famously, I think he was eating like a bowl of cherries or strawberries and got sick and died shortly thereafter. So Lincoln was a huge supporter of Zachary Taylor, um, one of the few Whig presidents to actually be elected. And so when um, Zachary Taylor died, um, Lincoln was the guy to give the speech because he was the, he was the one that really supported him. Now, th this was not actually given at Zachary Taylor's funeral. It was given to various supporters in Chicago, 1850, while Lincoln was attending to a patent trial. So, I mean, as a trial lawyer, I can't imagine having to do a speech of this quality on such short notice in the midst of a trial. Um, and so we're going to do a separate podcast on that, but, but the poem itself at the end, Oh, Why Should the Spirit of Mortal Be Proud, just jumped off the page to me. To me, it's like, I want to do a separate podcast on that. And so a little bit on how he essentially discovered this. Um, he just, a friend had shared it to him, at least as recorded by history, a friend had shared it with him, and, and, and he's actually quoted as president. Lincoln actually says when he's president about this particular speech, he didn't even know who wrote the poem. We know now it was written by William Knox. He said, quote, there is a poem which has been a great favorite of me for years, which was first shown me when a young man by a friend, which I afterwards saw and cut from a newspaper and learned it by heart. I would give a good deal to know who wrote it, but I have never been able to ascertain. Well, we now know it was by the um, Scottish poet, William Knox. And it was Lincoln's favorite poem. The other thing that I discovered through the research on this is that it was, it was his favorite poem who he also shared with his first love and probably true love, Anne Rutledge. And what's unique about this is that it wasn't clear to historians as to who taught the poem to whom. Did Anne teach it to Abe or did Abe teach it to Anne? Well, this William Barton, who wrote this article in 1922, was actually able to call uh, Sarah Rutledge Sanders, who was the sister to Anne Rutledge. So how cool is that? You're doing research at the time. And you can actually talk to someone who like personally knew and loved Abe Lincoln. And Sarah Rutledge said that no. She said that yes, her mom knew the poem. Oh, why should the spirit of mortal? This is actually a quote from Sarah Rutledge Sanders. Um, yes, mother knew the poem. Oh, why should the spirit of mortal be proud? But she did not teach it to Lincoln. The girls and mother learned it from Lincoln and they always called it Lincoln's song. Well, that's very interesting because you don't think of the word song meaning poem, but I did look for Merriam-Webster's dictionary and one of the definitions of song is a poetical composition. And I just sort of, that just sort of jumped off the page to me. And so I learned a little bit more about Anne Rutledge. Anne Rutledge was Lincoln's first love. She died at the age of 22 years old in 1835. And Lincoln, when he, in 1846, said that he had learned it about 15 years earlier, so it'd be approximately 1831. So he had already cut out and knew it by heart. And he met Anne Rutledge um, essentially shortly before her death. They fell in love while the man that Anne was engaged to was away in business in New York.
and they never were able to consummate, at least to as far as we know, their, their, their marriage. He didn't marry her. Um, she died, um, I think, from cholera um, at a very young age. And so for the rest of his life, um, Lincoln sort of talked about her as being his first love. And we all know how important that is in terms of the impact that that can have on the life, on your life, the first love. Now, what really jumped out for me is, is the fact that Lincoln shares this poem, a death poem to his love. I kind of laughed a little bit. I mean, who, who when you're, 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 you're trying to get to know someone, you share a poem on death? I have no idea um, the circumstances. And I think that apparently has lost the history under which he decided to share that. I don't know whether he sang it out loud or he recited it at night, but it was at least enough that her sister knew that Lincoln taught it not only to her, but to the family. And so we're gonna read this poem and, and to see what you think. Now, I, I think that I'm not a big rhyming guy. You know, I'm more of a John Carlos Williams, a little fluid poetry. I don't like a lot of these rhyming couplets, but it, it's sort of a formal, but don't get hung up on that. It's sort of a formal um, style of poetry, which evidently was, was pretty common in the 19th century. But here's the poem in full as it was uh, recited at the, for the eulogy of Zachary Taylor. And keep in mind that this was a poem that Lincoln had recited by heart. So I'm gonna read it for you. He said, oh, why should the spirit of mortal be proud? So the multitude goes like the flower or the weed that withers away to let others succeed. So the multitude comes, even those we behold, to repeat every tale that has often been told. For we are the same our fathers have been. We see the same sights our fathers have seen. We drink the same streams and see the same sun and run the same course our fathers have run. They loved, but the story we cannot unfold. They scorned, but the heart of the haughty is cold. They grieved, but no wail from their slumbers will come. They joyed, but the tongue of their gladness is dumb. They died, I, they died. We, we things that are now, that work on the turf that lies on their brow, and make in their dwellings a transient abode. Meet the things that they met on their pilgrimage road. Yea, hope and despondency, pleasure and pain are mingled together in sunshine and rain. And the smile and the tear and the song and the dirge still follow each other like surge upon surge. Tis the wink of an eye, tis the draught of a breath from the blossoms of health to the paleness of death. From the gilded saloon to the beer in the shroud, oh, why should the spirit of mortal be proud? July 25th, 1850 is when he recited that poem from memory. And, you know, I've done a lot of podcasts on carpe diem, exuberant stoicism. And I think that's helpful to understand um, why this poem gave him such great joy. Death is one of these things. We, we've, we've meditated a lot on death. We're not here forever. 
And certainly death can be a very scary thing. If you've lost a loved one, it can, it can devastate you. I've really, in middle age, I've really dived deep into stoicism and the Stoics are absolutely obsessed with death. But the erotic thing and the paradox is, is that it's through this obsession with death that I think breathes new life into the life that we have, the life that we're experiencing, the life that we're living right now. And here Lincoln is like almost a great Stoic. Now I haven't, I'm sure Lincoln, others, you know, people like Ryan Holiday have done a, you know, look into Lincoln's Stoicism, but he is so, this is so Stoic. You know, in other words, life is, is fleeting. Life is precious. We're all going to die. We're all going to be, um, have that paleness of death from the blossoms of health to those of you who are listening to the paleness of death. Now, I don't mean to be a downer because this is the essence of exuberant stoicism, that it's only through the recognition of death do we have the poetry of life as we're living right now? And so that's, I think, why he loved this poem so much is that it's such a good way to remember that only in death, especially while we're remembering a life well-lived, can we really be reminded how precious life is and to use it to the best that we can as long as we are living to live out our purpose because we are not around for every single day. And our purpose in life is to use those gifts. And Lincoln doesn't explain in depth why he included this poem. I mean, obviously it's a death poem, um, but let me just share with you the, the paragraphs that he included right before he recited the poem from memory. He said, but he is gone now, meaning this is President Taylor. The conqueror at last is conquered. The fruits of his labor, his name, his memory and example are all that is left to us. His example, verifying the great tooth that he that humbled shall be exalted teaching that to serve one's country with a singleness of purpose gives assurance of our country's gratitude, secures its best honors, and makes us, quote, unquote, a dying bed soft as downy pillowers are. The death of the late president may not be without its use in reminding us that we too must die. Death, abstractly considered, is the same with the high as with the low, but practically, we are not so much aroused to the contemplation of our own mortal natures by the fall of many undistinguished as that of one great and well-known name. By the, lad, by the latter, we are forced to muse and ponder sadly. Oh, why should the spirit of mortal be proud? And there then he reads his favorite poem. So friends, we're going to do a separate podcast on, uh, on the actual eulogy itself, but I just had to share this with you, this poem, this Lincoln song. Um, it is, uh, and that's what his, um, the sister of his first love shared with what they had actually called it, that he had actually said it so much, they referred to it as Lincoln's song.
the last paragraph, just send it with you. I'll read the last two. Yea, hope and despondency, pleasure and pain are mingled together in sunshine and rain. And the smile and the tear and the song and the dirge still follow each other like surge upon surge. Tis the wink of an eye, tis the draught of a breath from the blossoms of health to the paleness of death. From the gilded saloon to the beer and the shroud, oh, why should the spirit of mortal be proud? <sighs> wow. So honored for each one of you and infinite gratitude to you to share some moments of your life with me. That's what I'm trying to do with this podcast is to share with you what I've learned, what my passions are, the wonderful, incredible things that we can learn on our shared journey as we try to improve our mind, body, and spirit, our shared love of the liberal arts, going to share with you ideas, books, spirituality, what I've learned about the body. And we're going to continue on this journey together. And we got a lot of good stuff in store. Um, for those of you who knew uh, Professor Simon Hansen, he is a living legend uh, who's a professor at Luther College. We're going to have a wonderful interview with him. I'm going to do a separate podcast on, on the eulogy itself, because there, there's just so much to unpack with this one eulogy. You know, Zachary Taylor, U.S. Grant, who I have this huge man crush on U.S. I, I almost I have a bigger man crush on U.S. Grant than even Abe Lincoln. That's how much I like U.S. Grant. So there's a ton to unpack in this, in this upcoming uh, podcast on this eulogy. I mean, this eulogy is like really, really cool. I'm not, you could almost do a podcast on the eulogy. But it just shows the power of poetry and, um, the, you know, just Lincoln. I mean, for crying out loud, he, he did this in less than a day. Like he got invited a day or two earlier and then he delivers this. Now, I, that's how it's in the historical record. I mean, I, I think he probably recycled some old stuff. I mean, you couldn't come up with this in less than a day. I mean, please, he, he didn't do it in less than a day, but it was on short notice that he was able to deliver this, which I think is very impressive. He, you know, you and I, you know, we have trouble putting two sentences together. Lincoln comes up with this in like less than a couple of days. It just shows why he's the 16th president of the United States. And you and I are doing something important. We're doing the podcast, but we're not Abe Lincoln. So infinite gratitude to each one of you who shared, who spent your time with me on the Rockney cast. We're going to continue putting out high quality content. Please do give us positive reviews on the um, uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, and all places where podcasts are heard. We're going to continue to try to do this high quality content for you. Um, and so just continue to stay tuned and continue to spread the word so we can grow this audience. You know, we've had some growth in the podcast, but we're still just a little podcast that could. We're sort of one drop amidst the ocean, but it is our drop. And that's what we're going to continue to do as we continue to live out life's beautiful purpose. Because as Lincoln reminds us, we are not here that long. We have to carpe diem. We have to seize life and we have to live our life the best that we can until we no longer have it. Um, so stay tuned for continuing episodes on the Rockney cast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Rockney cast. <laughs>